Lekutei Siches Chelik Aleph Parshas Mini on Amud two twenty two page two twenty two. Uh, in this Sicha, the Rebbe is going to learn from the Parsha in which it talks about the kosher and non-kosher animals uh, as far as the uh, behemoths goes, the animals goes, the Torah requires two simonim, two signs that would show us that this particular behemoth, this particular animal is kosher and they are that it has split hooves and it chews its cud. And the Rebbe is going to learn the spiritual meaning in our service to Hashem, how we must in our own lives, the behema that we have within ourselves, that's the animal souls, that's the beast that with, is within us, and that we are responsible to uh, harness it and to train it and to work with it, to elevate it to the service of Hashem. So, in order to ascertain, to make sure that this animal is actually clean, meaning it's kosher, that it's a fit for its uh, job, we can learn from the signs that it too has to have split hooves and chewing its cud. In the spiritual sense that the way of determining whether one's behemoth, whether the animal within him has reached the level that it's kosher or not, that he needs to use the two signs of the uh, determining signs that determine the kashrut of the animal, which means it has to have split hooves and it has to chew his cut. Now the Rebbe is going to start uh, in the first uh, uh, section. The Rebbe is going to uh, first analyze and discuss whether in the simply from the halachic perspective, when the Torah says that the animal that is clean, that you can eat, that is kosher, is one that has split hooves and chews its cud, are these two signs that determine, are they just, are they the cause that, which means because this particular animal has split hooves and chooses cud, that makes it kosher. Why is a certain animal kosher and a certain animal not kosher? So the animal that is kosher needs to chew its cud and have split hooves because of it has the split hooves. That means that it is a kosher animal. So that means that these signs are not just determining, but they are the reason why they are kosher or not. On the other side, we can also say that the 
signs are not the reason for an animal being kosher or not kosher, but rather the kosher or not kosher is determined for other reasons known to Hashem, to God. Why a certain animal is kosher and a certain animal is not kosher. In order for us to be able to know which is a kosher animal, which is not, God has made it in such a way that the kosher animals have split hooves and chew their cud, and the non-clean animals do not do that. But those are not the factors that cause it to become kosher or not. Either way, what the Rebbe wants to get, whether it is actually the cause of making the animal kosher because of the signs. So then, of course, we must learn from that in our spiritual uh, service to Hashem, that we too, with our own animal, we have to make sure that the uh, hooves are split and the juice is cut, because that actually makes it into a kosher animal. But even if we shall say that they are just merely... Uh, signs of distinction, not the cause for kashus or not, but still, uh, every aspect of Torah is precise and accurate. For them to serve as the factors to identify what is kosher, what is not kosher, also means that they do have a message in of itself of the split hooves and chewing the cut. And basically, Rebbe is going to learn what is the message in our lives to learn to make our animal, make sure our animal is kosher by making sure that the hooves are split and the shoes is cut. Now we'll learn inside Ais Aleph. On page, as I said, on page 222. In Haitik, in this week's uh, portion, it talks about the clean animals, uh, pure animals, pure animals, which one may eat. And the unpure animals, which you are not permitted to eat. When the Torah provides two signs, two identifications on a animal which is pure it chews its cud and its hooves are split with regards to these uh, identifying signs of the kosher animal is there is a, a debate uh, there's a question, are they causes of tarevituma for the purity and impurity? This means, because of the fact that this animal chews its parsa and its hooves are split, it is pure. That is the cause. Why is it pure? Because it chews its cud and it has split hooves. And the same thing on the other on the other side. That if they don't have it, that makes that makes them impure. Other or the other side of the question is perhaps they are only identifying signs that tell us 
that which is kosher, which is not. The says, which means as the taras the reason why this particular beast is pure is mitzad andresibes. That is because of other reasons, not bichdei mir but just so that we should know. We don't know the other reasons, but we should know which animals, which of the animals are pure. So Hashem placed in them these identifying signs through which we will know that they are pure. What's the difference between these two ways? Who cares what it is, whether they are the cause, these signs are the cause for the purity, or whether these signs are just identifying which are pure. So the Rebbe will say, we'll actually come down also into a halachic difference between the two sides. But uh, first, he brings down that their din is, the law is, as a mina tohir tohir chulu, that a, uh, an animal that comes out, is born from a pure animal, is automatically pure. So if a animal should have, happens to be born without the two identifying signs that is the signs for a pure animal. But it was born from an animal that does have these two identifying signs, and yet this animal does not have the signs. So the din is, the aloha is, as a yoitzimin ha-toir, toir that one who comes out, an animal comes out from a pure, is pure. Although the born animal does not possess these two the signs of purity. With some bicyclists, for example, an animal which is born out of a pure animal with its hooves uh, attached, it's not split. Although he doesn't have the signs of purity, he's still, nevertheless, he's still toyed, he's still pure, he's kosher. Since he descends, he comes out of a pure animal, he's also toyer. That's what we learn out in the Gemara. Now, whether this law, that one who comes out, uh, an animal that comes out from a pure animal, is automatically pure, regardless of its simonim, whether this rule, this law, is also logical, or it's just merely uh, the decree of the verse that this is the way it is, without logical explanation, that would depend on on how we on how we uh, say what is the purpose, what are the functions of the purity signs of the animal. If we shall say as the Simone Tahara that these signs of purity they are only signs that identify which one, but they're not the cause is that din, so then this previous halacha that the animal 
who leaves, who descends from a pure animal, is kosher. That makes sense also logically. Since he descends, he comes out of the pure animal. So therefore, the concept to have signs uh, doesn't have any uh, logical reasoning to be there. Because it's not the signs that make it kosher. So the fact that it doesn't have the sign doesn't bother us. Because it's not the signs that make it kosher. It's inherently kosher for for reasons known to God. And this is a descendant of the kosher too. So the fact that it doesn't have the signs shouldn't make it trade. So it's a logical um, it's a logical, it makes sense, this halacha. But if However, we shall say, as the simonim zaynen that these uh, signs of chewing its cud and split hoofs are a cause. They're the reason of the tar. They're the reason why this animal is pure. So then, based on logic, it should we should conclude as a process of if its hooves are split. Daferzain tobe. Then it has to be tobe. Because if the cause isn't there to make it tire, because this animal that came out with uh, hooves that are uh, connected, they're not split, he doesn't have the cause that makes him tire, so he should be tobe. But yet, undos was the din is as it is tire, and this that we rule still from the Gemara that he is uh, pure and you can eat it is thus mitzadikzeresakosov then it comes out that it is because of the decree of the verse it's a non-logical uh, ruling that the Torah says we have not something we can understand with our logic why it is but the Torah says that this is the way it is beyond our understanding so what difference does it make at the end of the day? So it would make a difference whether the ruling that what comes out of a toyer, even though it doesn't have split hooves, should be toyer or not, whether it's logical or it's, it's a logical ruling or it's not a logical ruling. So what difference is there if it's logical or not, but the ruling is the same. But the Rebbe is going to show us now that it makes a difference whether it's a logical conclusion or not. And Avkimina Ledina, that would make a difference in Aloha, whether the purity is logically, uh, conc- it's a logical conclusion, or it's just because the Torah decreed that it is such. So, that brings down, with an item, with an animal that is pure, one is not just allowed to use just for simple play. Then he does get at given. So it becomes like food, things like that. With food like that, you're not allowed to just play. So when is this said? Oiber is funamin toher. It's not if it's just uh, a toher that is pure that it can be eaten, but also only if it is from a type of an animal which is uh, from a type that is toy. Um, 
But if, however, Zaymin is atomic, the type is not pure, is unpure. Not But rather the purity comes because the Torah decreased, so is that Israel then the prohibition doesn't exist. Which means basically that this prohibition against you playing with a item which is pure, it's only if it's pure because it's in generally it comes from a type that is pure, that it is in essence pure. But if the Torah made an exception and made something pure specifically, then it wouldn't apply to this. So basically if the Yoitzimin Hatoir, if the reason is that what comes out from the Torah is pure, is because it's logically pure, then one would not be allowed to play with that item that comes out uh, from a clean from a clean animal but doesn't have split hoofs. But if it is because of a Gazeris Akosuf, if it's only because the Torah ruled, even though logically it should be Tomei, but the Torah says in this case that it's kosher, then one is permitted to play with it. Where do we get this whole idea from? So this whole idea is based on uh, on, on the verse the Rebbe is going to bring down now from the Yerushalmi. The Rayev them, the proof for this distinction, whether you can play with something which is, even if it's Torah, but it's only been exempted, the Torah's decree that it's Torah, and then you could play with it, is that I have them, the evidence for this is, because the Pasuk says, It's written with regards to the Leviosun, um, that Hashem says that you created, He created it, Dovid Melch says that this created it, the Sakhik by Hashem plays with it, so to speak. Frechter Yerushalmi, so the uh, Jerusalem and the Talmud, they ask the question, How is one permitted to play the Sakhik with Adover Torah, with something which is pure? So, how is Hashem, so to speak, playing with the Leviosin? Leviosin is a uh, toir is a clean, a pure animal. How is it that uh, is uh, a lot of play with it? How do we know that the Leviosin is a pure animal? Because the Leviosin is what's going to be eaten uh, by the uh, by the Bnei Yisrael, and therefore that means that it's a toir. So what does Yerushalmi answer? How is it permitted for Hashem to play with the with, with the Leviosin? So he answers, as Leviosin is be'etzem adover tome, that in essence Leviosin is actually not kosher. Vuhuta meklal yisur, it was just permissible. It was able to make an exception that from its prohibition is going to be permitted, and the Eid will be permitted to consume to eat the Leviosin, uh, the Sudas Leviosin, the feast and the meal with the Leviosin. So. The uh, the the reasoning over there is um, that something which is even though it is toher, but if it's in essence is tomei, then the rule of not being to be playing with it doesn't apply. That meant from them, so we see from this as if the tar is mitzvah that if the purity is based on a 
decree of the verse, Megmazich Dermit Shpil. So you're allowed to play with this. So in this Ois, the Rebbe was discussing what the signs of the kosher animals are. Are they the cause? Because they have uh, split hooves and through the cut, they make it kosher, or are they just identifying but the cause is something else? And what the Rebbe is getting at is that really, either way, uh, it's more likely, as the Rebbe is going to say in Bayes, that it is the cause. But either way, whether it is the cause, or even if it's only the identifying, but we definitely can learn from the two signs. Even as identifying uh, uh, signs, uh, there's definitely the message and there's something that we can learn in the fact that the sign is meant to, that it has to be split who's a Jew, it's cut, that this is definitely something that we can learn for, that we should look in signs of making in our spiritual life, making sure that our animal is kosher. So, but the Rebbe, in the discussing the, the two possibilities, also brings out a nafkamina, a difference that it would make in halacha. Basically, if a, uh, a pure animal that has split hooves and chooses cut gave birth to an animal with hooves, which hooves are not split, uh, whether one can play um, with that animal, uh, whether he can play with an animal or not, uh, would make a difference. Because if the hooves are split hooves, are the cause for the impurity, are the cause for the purity. So since this animal doesn't have the purity, but yet the Torah says that it was kosher, we learn from Pesach that it's kosher, then you would be permitted to play with it. On the other hand, if the signs are just merely an identifying uh, reason. So then the reason why this animal that doesn't have the split hooves, born from an animal that has the split hooves, is, um, is kosher, is a uh, logical, because it is actually kosher. Uh, because the, the hooves are not the characteristic that make it kosher, it's just a sign, but this has came from a Torah, so it has the, it really is Torah, it's really kosher, and therefore you would not be permitted to play with it. So the Rebbe begins though, his base to say that there are several proofs that the signs of uh, the kosher animal are actually causes, but either way, the uh, lesson uh, should be learned from the two signs, base. As Ainan Faran Kamarayas, there are many proofs as the Simone Tare that the signs of purity Zainan Asiba if they're Tare, they're actually the cause for the purity. So it also seems from the language that is used in the verse. The Posik states, it says, Ki When the Torah talks about the An uh, kosher animal that the Torah talks with regard to the camel, with regard to the gomo. So since the Torah says because he is a male gator, but but he doesn't have split hooves, 
So since the Torah says because, it comes out that that is the reason. It's not just, if the Torah could have used the language that the Gomel uh, is not, instead of saying because he is not. So the word because is more uh, identity, seems more like that is the reason that because he's not Mafri, because he is Milo's Gator, would make him kosher. But since he's not Mafri, he's not he is not uh, still kosher. Um, this is a from a Gemara in Mesechta Nida on Daf Nun Amid Beis. Uh, the Gemara over there talks about that the uh, about a tarnagol the agma. That's a tarnagol of the swamp, and uh, uh, the Gemara makes a difference between the female uh, and the male of that particular tarnagol. The male tarnagol is prohibited because it does not have. Uh, the signs of a kosher bird. The uh, female uh, Tarnagil Dagma, that particular Tarnagil, that f- female does have the signs that make it kosher. And that's why the Gemara over there says that the male not having the signs of a kosher bird <coughs> would be prohibited. So, uh, Tosfus, uh, Zok Tosfus, so Toysus says uh, over there, uh, Toysus has a question, um, so why should it be uh, not uh, Toher because it doesn't have the signs, but it comes from a mother that has the signs, because we say that the females have the sign. Why should not the uh, male uh, uh, Tarnagoyl come from uh, be kosher just like its mother is kosher because the mother has the signs and so Toysus explains over there that as dog gate need on the klala here that rule that we mentioned earlier that what something that comes from toir is toir doesn't apply here because the, uh, the this little bird is grows from the ground, which means the uh, the chicken mother lays an egg. It's not that the bird comes out from the mother like by an animal, which he gives birth to a uh, to the uh, to the baby. But over here, the chicken lays an egg, and the egg is It grows from the ground, so therefore we don't apply the rule that it goes out from the tire because it doesn't come out directly from the uh, kosher animal, it comes from the ground, from the earth, so therefore it's treated by itself. So, so therefore he becomes impure because of the signs of impurity, he doesn't have the kosher signs, so he has signs of impurity. So, that is the ruling, that's what Toysha says over there. So now, if we shall say that the signs of Tumor 
by the birds would only be signs that identify they tell us which one but they, they are not characteristics so so sins vibal so vibal asmen ve since we know from vosvara min der tarnegel from what type this male uh, rooster comes from is vemen ardos azerot simonituma so who cares that he has signs of impurity because the signs are not what make him tummy these signs of tumor it is the type, but we know that he comes from that type so the fact that he doesn't have the simone tumor why should it bother us? so muzmen zogun, so we need to say as the simonim, that these signs they're a cause for the purity and since we cannot since this uh, one doesn't have this Tarnagel Zohar doesn't have the signs on the Klal Hayyitzah Minatoir Toir is Exerisakosuf and this that we say that something that comes out from a pure animal becomes Toir is only a decree of the verse that so it is once it comes out it becomes Toir even though it needs those signs to make it kosher it doesn't have it so logically, it's not kosher. Therefore, but therefore, if, however, then this bird, which comes from the ground, which means it comes from the egg, not from directly from the mother, is uh, the cloud. So then we can't say that regular rule, which is because it doesn't come out from its mother. So it's different. So once it's different, we don't apply that rule. Since its simonim are uh, pure, are, 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 are impure, so that's why it remains tummy. So again, so what it really means is, another, uh, what it means is, that if the signs are just to identify from which type the uh, the they are from the pure impure. So, notwithstanding that this bird doesn't have those signs, but we know where it comes from. It comes from a mother, so we don't need the signs to identify it because it's identified by itself. It is a logical reasoning why you should be cautious. So who cares that it doesn't come out directly from the mother? But the bottom line, we know it comes from the mother. And something that comes from the mother is, 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 is pure. And the signs are just to tell us where it comes from. But we don't need the signs now when we know. So why would, the behemoth, why would this Tarnagal uh, be uh, Osir? But on the other hand, if, however, the reasoning... Uh, is that the signs make them uh, is the reason for why they're kosher and since and there's just an exception that Torah says it comes from a kosher animal even though by right it shouldn't be kosher but since it's yoytze it becomes toir but by this bird who's not yoytze directly from because it comes from the ground because it comes from an egg not directly from the tarnagal then that's why and it doesn't have the identifying sign that's why it should be um, that's why it's Osir, that's why it's Tomei so that means that this halacha that the Gemara says the way Toysus explains it really fits with the 
uh, idea that these signs are actually more than just identifying signs, but they're actually the cause. And that would explain why that Tarnagil, the Agma, should be not kosher. But now there is, whatever the case is, so now we see uh, that there is a something to this Mafresis Parsa Malas Gator that make it kosher. So the Rebbe wants to know Dafim Farstein. So what we need to understand the Shaykhis for Malas Gator Mafresis Parsa to Tahara. What is the connection? What what is it? What is it about Milas Gator that it chooses cud and that it has this pleats hoop that makes that it makes it toil? Ubifrat. Especially what we need to know as Bapanimius Inyan that when we look into the inner things of this matter, even if one should say, as the that the only that these signs are only identifying signs to tell us which is kosher, which is not, but they're not really the cause of it. So even if we say that, but when we look at things in the inner things of the matter, that everything, I feel in Yonim from Welt, even matters of the world, are with specific uh, divine supervision. And how much more so, in matters of Torah So from this itself, so the fact itself was these simon, these are the signs that were set for purity. Which signs, even if they're just identifying, which signs did Hashem choose to say that this animal is going to be kosher, this bird is going to be kosher? It was these signs. So the fact that by the behemoth, the identifying signs are splitting of the hooves and chewing of the cud is a raya that is evidence as they zayin and shaykh to tara, that they belong, they are connected to tara. Minimally, as a result, meaning they may not be the cause, but because it is kosher, they will have those signs. Not as a cause, according to the first way. According to the first approach, that they are the cause, so then these signs are actually cause something to become kosher. So we definitely have to understand what does, how do they connect to make things kosher? But, even if we say that they're not identifying, but something that is kosher, Hashem gave them these signs to, we can identify them by those, so that means that as a result of being kosher, they have these two signs, so that means that these two signs have a connection to making things tired, to making things pure. So the Rebbe is going to explain now, what is the connection of this of these signs to making things pure. So in Ois base uh, the Rebbe brought several two proofs basically that it seems more likely that these signs are uh, more than just identifying they're actually the cause for the kashras or not. But notwithstanding whether they're just whether they're the cause or they're just identification, they represent and they have a connection that they make things toher and not toher. In the Ois Gimel, uh, the Rebbe is going to explain that uh, these signs 
are important because these signs tell us about the characteristics that are needed to have a clean animal. And in generally, the reason for a person staying away from things that are not clean, that are not kosher, is because those uh, characteristics of the non-kosher animal uh, are become part of the person who consumes them, because he eats them. It's you, sort of you are what you eat, and therefore it's important that he eats kosher to have the right character uh, traits uh, in himself. And similarly, when we talk about the signs that make him kosher, it's important to uh, uh, have those signs because that signs help us clarify the direction so that our uh, characteristics should be proper. Uh, let's go and see if I just give them. from the timing. One of the reasons of my cholos asuris is for prohibited food, why we can't eat them, is while for the other Michael was menes, because from each food that we eat, that turns into blood and flesh as his own, becomes his flesh. So the Torah prohibited the macholos asuris, these prohibited foods, in order it should not be incorporated in the person, the mention, the person should not uh, uh, take into himself the eigenschaft and those characteristics from the Michael Oser, from the prohibited food, which are no good. So the Torah doesn't want us to eat it, because eating that, that means that we will incorporate in ourselves from the food that we eat. From them is verstandig, from this we can also understand, also with regards to the, to the matter from the signs of purity and impurity. The prohibition from eating such animals, that do not shoot their cud and do not have split hooves, so that these uh, characteristics, eigenschaft, uh, the characteristics will need either gain in the mention, they should not transfer into the human being. So, so what does this mean? This means, as their mentions fitting Darfzain, that how should a person conduct himself? Mafris Parsu that he should have split hoofs, he should choose cut, meaning conceptually, the person must see to it that he has these characteristics, because these are the characteristics that the Torah wants the person to consume and to stay away from that that doesn't have these, these, these characteristics. Now, in Ois Dalit, the Rebbe is going to uh, discuss that the, the human being is basically made up from two forces, two parts, the godly soul, this the holy soul which is in the human being which strives for goodness and perfection and to be close to God and then you have the animal soul which has all kinds of desires and tempts the person and try to bring the person down and uh, the uh, lesson that we're trying to learn is not so much for our soul, for our spiritual part, for the godliness that's in us. But it's mostly for the animal that's within us. That's why it's the behemoth that we're talking about it. We call it the animal soul, that's the part in us that wants to act and uh, 
and, and behaves, wants to behave like an animal, and that is where the instruction should mostly be taking uh, lessons should be learned from that we need to uh, have split hooves and chew its cut. The Gizokt, as mentioned, as in Torah, is Yedder Inyan Everything in Torah is an instruction. An unvising to mention, to mention it's an instruction to the human being. Is those was the simonims of the fact that these signs by a behemoth, by with regards to an animal, zayin and I'll call upon him. Minimally, they are levarer tares a Minimally, they are to at least they they identify that the behemoth is pure. So so they are also a lesson as the tchunas milas geda that these characteristics. Of chewing the cud, the mafris person having split hoof by dimension, with regards to the person, zaynen mevarer or mafchin zaynan hogis, they identify and they test one's conduct. These signs test spiritual signs. They test the person's conduct. See the zaynen toyer whether his conduct is pure, other chaz v'shalom farkert whether God forbid not. So generally, we use these signs to detect and to investigate, to figure out whether the person's conduct, whether his character and his conduct is pure or not. And an additional detail in this matter. The test and the uh, determination, the identifying of purity, they are with regards to the animal. The dogma zebi odom, and when we try to compare this in the human experience, is habehema shebelibeshel odom. That is the animal that is in the human's heart, the nefesh habahamis, that animal soul. So, which means that we're using the havchone umbirur, this test and this determination to zayninit benegayed inyoni for nefesh likis. They do not; they're not connected to the matters that pertain to the godly soul. We don't need to identify them so scrutinize so closely that they need to have these two signs. Whether his study of Torah or his mitzvahs are totally for the sake of Hashem uh, with the proper intentions or perhaps he has an ulterior motive. Uh, that's not what we're using the signs for. We're learning from the parsha that the signs are used for the behemoth. Nita them is the afchona. Not on that is the test. Because even when one studies or does mitzvahs with an ulterior motive, you still should study mitzvahs and still fulfill the mitzvahs. So even if you know that you are not doing it properly, uh, there's no such a thing that you can't consume it. There's the animal, if it's not Torah, you're not allowed to eat it. But Torah mitzvahs, we don't have to investigate because Torah mitzvahs you have to do regardless. A person should always study and observe mitzvahs, even if they're not for the proper sake of heaven. Because once, as quoting the Gemara, once you do it uh, not for the sake, eventually you will come to do it for the proper reasoning. So it turns out. It turns out that we don't need to investigate so much 
the Torah and mitzvahs, whether you can do it or not, whether it's proper or not, because the godliness, the neshama, the, the holiness that is with you, the, the, the Torah and mitzvahs, they need to be done regardless. You can't say, you don't need to test them to see whether they're proper or not, whether you do them or not, because one should do them anyways. The avchona, the test is, is been a gay yonim hagashmim. That's as far as the physical matters. Which are connected with the animal soul. So one needs to test, whether that animal is pure or not. One needs to test and needs to know what he sh- how he should go about. So the Rebbe is going to say now that they the behemoths staying in the Torah. Both animals are written in the Torah. That represents the idea that just the fact that you are recorded and that you are standing in the Torah both animals, whether also the impure animal is recorded in the Torah. What it means, the message of it is, the Torah talks about both of them, meaning this haste. That means, as I feel a feeling the Torah, that even when a person leads his life according to the Torah, so you can still be an impure animal. So the behemoth can be in the Torah, but it's still, it's impure. With the Rambam, with the Ramban Zokht, as the Ramban says, as men can zayn a novel b'rshus One can be a novel. Meaning, uh, a person at a low level, and yet he gets permission from the Torah for it. Which means, loopholes and things like that, he's doing things that are not proper, he's not lead, leading a proper life, and yet he gets permission, you know, he gets away with it, you know, he's not clearly violating any clear law. But the explains it, does haste, this means, as is ois, it appears as does is b'shuz it appears that it is with the Torah's permission, because the end of the day is, uh, it's not, because the Torah says, uh, because in truth he is transgressing on the prohibition from Gadoshim to you, uh, from the Torah's command that you must sanctify yourself, which means that even in those things which there is no clear prohibition of the Torah, one must sanctify himself. That mitzvah is a tzivu ikri vishoshi, it's a, a, a principle, it's a root, and it's a main command. Uh, so, uh, when we say that he is a novel, it uh, doesn't really mean the Torah gives him permission, it means it seems like the Torah gives him permission for that, because at the end of the day, the Torah doesn't allow for a person to be a novel, because the Torah says, that one must sanctify himself, and even in things where there is no clear violation of the Torah, uh, a person's indulgent in, in, in things that are... Uh, are even permissible to the extent that it becomes a novel is something which is uh, violating a, a, a main principle and a mitzvah from the Torah. But yet, for that kind of uh, of, a, of a behemoth, so you have a behemoth in the Torah, and that you need, but that you need to investigate to figure out. So in order to be able to 
to figure out, to identify, to, 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 to distinguish. Which is an animal that is pure. I mean, who's really doing the things the way they're supposed to be? Uh, or, in other words, is your behemoth doing the right thing or not? The Torah tells you two signs to look for, to know whether your animal, whether your uh, life, uh, your physical life that you're living with, uh, in, 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 with your physical needs, uh, whether it's pure or not. So the Torah gives you two sides. Aleph mafresas parsa, split hoofs, and beis malas geda, that it chooses cut. So now in Oisei, the Rebbe is going to explain the message of the split hoofs. Um, the, a hoof in general, which is used to identify and to direct a person's uh, connection with the world, uh, from the Nefesh Bahamis, the Gashmis that the person deals with, um, Generally, the hoof is raised from the ground. That's even without saying split. The hoof of the... uh, um, So even that the foot of the animal, uh, underneath the foot there is the hoof of the the, the bottom of the leg. Uh, That hoof separates uh, the foot from the floor, from from the ground. Uh, that foot uh, needs to be split, that hoof needs to be split. That means that the separation should not be full, but there should be something coming from that separation. There should be some connection to the, uh, to the earth in which the animal steps on, which means in the spiritual level that although one needs to be uh, separated and not fully engrossed in the physical matter, but yet the shine of uh, of godliness should penetrate and should descend also in the physical uh, matters of the world. Let's we'll read inside. I say, generally speaking, is that even by an animal there exists an iker diker chiluk, a main difference between the roish cup, the head, mitregel fus with the foot. Vifarstandi oich von hilchus trefus vechulu from the laws of trefus, etc. There are certain laws that make an animal a kosher, which pertain to the head of the animal, and then what pertains to the leg of the animal. So we see there's a big, uh, there's a big difference between the head and the foot of the animal. Uh, basically, uh, talking about uh, that the person should only be, uh, we're talking about the feet over here, that the person should be involved only to the extent the foot of the animal. Because we're talking about lessons from the signs of kosher. So the signs of kosher are not in the head, they're in the foot. Basically, it means that the foot is only on the ground. Um, so, number one, we're talking about the sign in the mafreses parsa for the split hoofs. We're talking about the leg over here. So, first of all, that means that there is a big difference between the head and the foot. So only the foot needs to be uh, connected to the ground. 
But even the connection of the foot comes through the hoof. Is oiser them. So besides that, that this is just this is the foot. I feel even by an animal, nor the feet. So what is close to the ground by the animal? It's only the feet. So that means besides the halachas that they do, there's also what is by the animal. It's only its feet are close to the ground, but the head is higher up. Thus haste, which really means. What does it mean in the spiritual level that just your feet are on the ground and not your head is on the ground? As midikoyches nailim that with the higher powers that one possesses, oich for nefesh abahamis even those powers of the animal souls, the intellect, the emotion, dafmen nit ligening gashmis. One should not be absorbed in the material, in the physical. In yonim artsim earthly matters, nor midikoyches for meisah. Only the involvement in the physical should be only with his powers of action, not with the emotions, not with the intellect. Fifum and moves only as much as necessary. So, we're talking about that the, only the legs should be on the ground. And that's it. There is a uh, story told as the Rebbe Morshab Nishmoseidin. Rebbe Morshab Nishmoseidin, Hod Gizokt, he said to Achosid, to a chosid, Belcher is given at Siyun Nabal Kishroinus, who was a person, a very uh, well uh, shaped in Torah and Chasidus, uh, Nabal Kishroinus, he was a very talented person. He has put himself into the business of Galashes. And the Rebbe Shab told him that feast in Kaloshin of Gizen, I've seen feet in Galashes. People put the galash in the feet. But a cup in Kaloshin, but the head in Galashes, uh, etc. Basically saying he put in his business, his head in the Galashes, in the business of Galashes. And the Rebbe Shabbat was saying, you put your head in Galashes, you put the feet in Galashes. So basically the message is that only the feet go on the ground, not the, uh, not the head. But oyser there. Besides that, darf zayin in the regel. So there needs to be even within the foot, vision of fus in the red, in between the foot and the earth needs to be a parsa. Now this is a play in word here. Here parsa is an aleph with an aleph, which means a hoof is with a hey parsa peirish samachay. This is peirish samach aleph, because a parsa means a curtain. Because a hoof is an interruption. A parsa is a curtain. I have said there has to be an interruption. I feel it's vision even between the feet, meaning just the act, the power of act of the person, not his uh, more refined powers, but even between the feet on Evdishkeit, there still needs to be. There's the hoof that that separates. The parsa, the hoof, was inyan is kinal. The parsa with the hay, that hoof, which. What does it, what does it do? Is I mentioned before, is a parsa. Ba'alif is the parsa with an alif. It's a curtain. It's a separation. Hefsek behelam. It interrupts and it hides. So that parsa dafomer zaynat sushpoltenem. Yet it has to be split. You can't have a total separation. Dos haste. This means as oich in dinyonim artzim should be totally separated. Even in the physical matters, so like to get lachad. You need godliness to shine there. It needs to be split, as all in Zeizen Elokus. 
he needs to be able to see in the physical matter also godliness. That means that it's split, that you can see godliness in the Inyonim Artsim. And there's Verder Klert in Hasidus, as Hasidus explains, being in Hasidus with regards to the subject matter of hears. Uh, so we'll see that a total separation isn't warranted either. You need to be split, as we will see in the subject matter of Sidus. That sometimes we see that Sidus are no good, and that is when there is an interruption, there's a complete interruption. Sometimes we see Sidus are positive, here's are positive. That is when there is not a full interruption. And therefore, there needs to be that split hoof. So he explains like this, Binyan Asaira says, By an Isha, by a woman, is Sarbi Isha Erva. The hereby woman becomes an Erva, a place which cannot be uncovered. Oich by the Levim is Vaviru Tarhul. Also by the Levim, we say they moved the, they took the shaved off all their hair. Over by a Nazir, but with regards to Nazir, state Gadl Peres Arashi. He says he should grow his hair of his head uh, wild, you should let it grow. So, is it good or bad? How come sometimes it's an erva? Sometimes you have to remove it. Sometimes it's God preservation. That's the debate in them. So it speaks the explanation of this in Hasidus as vuder chayis ve'oyer, that word that uh, the 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 life force, the vitality, and the light is bemiut, is diminished. Towards Zion Sidus, Achison, there the Sidus, which are Sidus are at Simpson. They are a contraction because the very minute amount comes through the hair. That's that symptom. And it goes through the interruption of the head uh, by the Sar, uh, by the Isha, by the Levim. Uh, even though it's Sarvata Kob Sorum over there, but Achison. But then it's a uh, something which is, um, which is a deficiency. Uh, so to have a contracted where the chayis is bemiyut, to have the side is there, that's a chison. where the chayis is un is where the vitality and the light is a lot, then there needs to be sidus, because uh, it needs to be able to come down from that level in a contracted way. The far is by a nozir, that's why by nozir he should be holy and letting his hair grow. The same thing is by the parts of the behemoth. As the parts of the that the hoof needs to be split, you don't want it to be totally metzumtzum, totally uh, diminished. There has to be uh, a split so that it can uh, that it can go through, the light can go through. When we in Tanya, as says in Tanya, that also in worldly matters, when you do you should not separate yourself from the true oneness. As that also in the matters of the world, one should not separate themselves from Hashem, which is the one truth. So that means that while you're doing, while you're separating, but in the world you should still not separate yourself from the far. That's why the split must be totally through and through. It's not enough to have halfway split. 
the split has to be shesa process, as we learned from the Pasik, that it means totally split. As a long kuman that it should be able to reach even very low. Was which is specifically then only then you can make from the animal a clean animal with the split hoofs. Thus haste as I behema that his animal, which is the gashmis, was his guf, which is necessary because of the body. So should be a clean animal, a pure animal. So the animal that he has and connects him with the physical of the world that'll be pure. For that you need it to be split. It needs to come through. So that the godliness can be felt in the world. It says in the Sefer Kelis Yaakov from the author of the Sefer Malay As Behema is Rashatevis, that the word Behema is an abbreviation of Bosor Hayyirid Min Hashamay. That it's the meat that comes down from the heaven. Because that is the Avada Tayyirid. Then, if definitely, when it becomes a behemoth, Torah means it's a bosser, hayyirid min hashamayim, because then it's a Torah, dover tovah, yirid min hashamayim. For there's nothing impure that comes down from the heaven. So basically, has to, there has to be a hoof, but that, that hoof, there has to be a parser, but the parser needs to be split. It shouldn't be solely like the situs where there's nothing that comes there, then it becomes an erva, then it becomes an isur but you want it to have it split so that the light comes down there too and that there's a recognition even in the worldly matters that is connected to Hashem. Now in this, um, in the Oiz Vav, the Rebbe learned a message, a lesson from the fact that the hooves are split, uh, that there has to be hooves, that there has to be a separation. First of all, the head should be totally not connected to the material matters, the physical matters. Even the foot, the koyach needs to be separated. But it should not be a total separation, but there should be a split hoof that it should reach also into the worldly matters. The Rebbe is going to learn now another mess, another lesson, because when the hooves are split, that means that there's two sides, there's a right and a left side issue. The Rebbe is going to want to say, they're going to learn from this, that we always have to keep in mind that it has to have both sides. We can't go to the extreme and in, 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 in one side. Uh, you know, we can have, cannot have just one. You cannot just have the right hand uh, without having also a little bit of the left hand over there. There needs to be a balance over here. We'll see in Oisai. There's an additional, another detail is there in this splitting of the hoofs. As the that the hoof is split into two. Understood this haste. This means as the hilchal ha'oritz that when it goes on the ground, that hobn zutomit in yonim artim when it has to do with physical matters when it goes on the ground darv zayin in tzveitnuos. You need to have both sides. Yemin mekareves usmel doecho. You must have the right hand bringing close and the left hand pushing away. And the Rebbe explains what it means. So when you're going in the world. You can't just take one approach. You need both of them. You need to walk on two sides, on two hoofs, on two spl- on the split hoofs. As I there are those. They just have the right hand bringing close. On there is no holding back. and they argue in order to bring Jews closer to the Torah is kidai 
it's uh, worth? So they say that it's worth to Farboygin in Yonifun to forego, to bend on matters of Torah, and even to change Chazvisholim Torah, the Torah Lefiruah Chazman, to fit the uh, the time, the wind, and the, the spirit of the time. That Inyan Azmandat Makarvzain Ali Eden to Torah, this idea that it's necessary to bring all Jews close to Torah, is Takeyamis, that is true. As we have spoken many times. In the Pirush HaMishnah, in the interpretation of the Mishnah, the Mishnah says, that love the creation, those that were created and bring them close to Torah. Even those that are just creations. That's all that they are. So they love the creation, even though they're only created, there's haste. That means, they have no advantage in themselves. Merni, the only thing that was designed in the Mavishes Bashef edition, they are created by Hashem. They too need to be brought close to Torah. However, those Vazetainen, so that we learned, the Rebbe says, absolutely. The, Torah, the Mishnah doesn't say love people, love Adam, love Anoshim, or any title of distinction. Torah says just Briyas, just the fact they're created. You're absolutely correct that we should reach out to all Jews and everybody. Ober, those was they tiny, but this that they argue as to leave them that because of this that we should make corrections. they're not corrections in truth. These are actually uh, things that ruin in Torah. Torah God forbid. That is the opposite of the path of the way of Torah. Um, with the lash in the Mishnah Gufa, as the language in this Mishnah itself is, Umikarvon la Torah, bring them, Tsubring and Zayt to Torah, that you bring them to the Torah, Abenich slap with the Torah, but not to drag the Torah, Chazvashalom, God forbid, Uniber Machanzi, and to change it around the Firucham according to their uh, whim, to what their uh, the way they want it. Even if their argument would have been justified, even if they were correct with their argument, as that through this we will bring Jews closer. We still need to know as that according to the law of the Torah, we are not allowed to change. God forbid. Even a small. Uh, a light point from the Torah, Sayyid that Isis, Sayyid Rabbanu, whether it's from biblical origin or it's from the rabbis. Unafila and even those was rabbis in the same and even that our masters, our rabbis have instituted in the last and later generations. The exception to that is Sayyid Nanovi Emes, unless there is a true prophet. And if he says it in a instruction as a temporary instruction was done is thus a din from Torah. Then it becomes the law of the Torah. The Allah mitzvahs, like all other mitzvahs, as Madavzik Tzuerzim, that we got to listen to a Navi who tells you that you need to do something temporarily. Just like Elio on the Mount Carmel, who brought offerings outside of the uh, proper place. 
because he was a Navi, he was a Navi, and he also did so as an occasional, as a temporary instruction. He didn't change the law that says, well, it's okay for people to bring carbonus uh, outside and uh, to do the procedure he did over there. Uh, but he was just, he said, at a one-time thing. But if not for this, you're not allowed to move away, God forbid. Aziz Koshu, even a drop of a move from Torah, from Torah. Nit Kukundik, notwithstanding the fact that he could accomplish a lot by compromising Torah, we can't do that. Obefrat, but that is even if they would have been correct. Obefrat, and especially as the Ramah says that the truth is, as need nor not only was Durg Dembet, and God need Mesak and Zain, that through this you will not fix. Umevet, need Mekarav Zain, need Zotere, and you will not bring Jews closer to Torah. Not Adrabe, but on the contrary, Memak Durg Demberger, you make it worse through this. Memvert Ali, Narangishlugin in Ze, you yourself become absorbed, swallowed up in them. Until you totally turn away from Torah and Yiddishkeit and Torah and Yiddishkeit. As the unknown example of my father-in-law, uh, the Rebbe, as Bishas, a mensch gefinzig verblonget in Wald. When a person finds himself lost in the wilderness, zwischen chayis ha-tevres amongst wild devouring animals. So that doesn't mean that he left his home immediately in the deep forest, in the middle of the wilderness. He started off in the beginning before he went in the way of the king. Way of the king means he walked in the walk of the way of the king of the world. He walked in the path of Hashem. Then he moved away from the from the path of the king. One little bit. He didn't follow the Torah a little bit, so he made one little move to the side. Now he keeps on going in that direction, and unto for that strand. Here of a strand, another here, another strand, until he realizes that, that he finds himself in the deep wilderness amongst wild devouring animals. I mean, this is talking about a, this is a metaphor to somebody who goes away from his house and he finds himself in a very bad place amongst wild animals and he starts off on the right path, but if you tilt away a little bit, eventually you lose direction, and then you got far, far away until you find yourself in that situation. In a similar manner is when a person uh, tilts away and strays a little bit away from the path of Torah and Yiddishkeit, and he compromises a little bit, eventually he actually falls in, follows that, and he finds himself in a very, very bad place. So basically, in this a lesson, the Rebbe learned that when you deal in the physical world and you're walking on the ground, it has to be with two sides. In other words, you can't compromise in order to achieve uh, success in bringing people closer. Uh, you have the right side, you have to reach out, but yet you have to uncompromise. You have to bring people to Torah, not lower the Torah to them, not lower the standard of Torah. Lowering the standard of Torah, even if it was means to get more people involved, 
that is not allowed, with the exception of a true Navi, but certainly this is actually not going to be helpful. The end is the person himself is going to lower his standard and he's going to get lost himself. And therefore, you need to have uh, both the right and the left split hoofs on the ground. Now in Ois Ches, the Rebbe is going to learn, but we have the additional sign that is uh, uh, my legator, that you have to chew the cut. The sign of split hoofs is not is not enough. We also need the sign of chewing its cud. What does it mean chewing its cud? Chewing its cud means that you re-chew and re-chew. You go over, over, over again and over again. Yet the Dover Gashmi. Any physical matter was megaton that you're going to do. Darf magut iberkain. You must chew it over well. Mevaders and you have to find out. Ein molo nachamol once and then once again. See years old the stone whether you should do it. Unvi years old the stone and how we should do it. Unordan is as a behemet hered. Only then it's a pure animal. Api chasidus. According to the language of the chasidus. Uh, which is the Ha'inyan, the Klolos HaBirurim the idea of the uh, Birurim is Birur Ban Ba'achakav Birur Ma I need to find out exactly the Pshat over here I'm not clear whether he means the first Simon um, the Maile Gator is the Birur Ban and I mean Mafresis Paris is the Birur Ban and then the Milas Gator is the Birur Ma and, uh, and the connection or because the Birur Ban that's the, 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 the Behemoth the, 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 the Shamas the, the animal and then Birur Ma comes to the that's usually the uh, the Nefshele Kis okay, I'm not sure I gotta find out this, what the Rebbe means with this piece over here Api Chasidus I guess he puts it in the short term over here so that uh, I guess those that know it uh, will understand it and for those of us that don't know it so well we'll have to start learn learn this. Okay. Um, There's an additional instruction that we can learn from the signs of, of purity which as they pertain to a bird. Because by an oif, by a bird, one cannot rely just on the uh, signs uh, of, of purity and impurity. In addition, you also need tradition uh, to uh, verify that this is a kosher, not kosher animal. In Peluga, it would seem to love to live on the app and It would seem problematic. Why should we need tradition? To know what's a kosher, one can see the signs and know by himself. Now the Indian is, but the idea of the conceptually, what is the idea? The lesson that we learn from this, as if an that one cannot rely on his own intelligence, his own intellect. One is can study the code of law on Afila Firenzich and even to conduct himself Lloyd Zain Seichel even according to his based on his intellect to do beyond the level, the measure of judgment 
Uzayin, and so one can do Uzayin Bishas Maisel, and at the same time, study Shulchan Aruch, do Bishas Din, and at the same time be in Shoyel Tachtis Achmon Lutzlan, in the lowest abyss, in the uh, degraded Shoyel, uh, uh, God forbid. El Dar Zayin Misoyim. There needs to be tradition. Was Misoyim? Misoyim is Oich from Loshem Misirav Iskashus. It also means to devote yourself. To give yourself over and to tie yourself. It means it's kashrus zum Rebbe, to be connected to the Rebbe. The Rebbe, this is a reference to the Gemara in Chulim Daf Samachimul Amit Beis, in where the Gemara says over there that you need the Mesoira and uh, that that's the only way that you can. Uh, 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 rely on the simonim, and uh, the, the more there is a discussion over there uh, that we actually need that there in order to trust that the rabbi, that his teacher is the hunter. It's not you can't trust just the hunter, but you trust the teacher who is a hunter himself. And what the rabbi is saying over here that you need tradition from a Rebbe who is a hunter because that the Rebbe is, did this job. A Rebbe, you have a Rebbe here, the Friedrich Rebbe, he was occupied himself in Matzel Zayin Nefoshes, in saving lives, saving Jewish souls. On his Boki it's also from the Gemara over there, he knows them, he knows their names, that's a prerequisite to making it kosher. For Natsasa Yetzer, he knows the advice of the Yetzirah, and therefore he is the one that we need to follow and take his Mesoira to know what it is kosher, and only on that, based on that, can we uh, make sure that the behavior that we're doing is a Torah. This is Melukat from Mesichas Shabbos Parshas Re'ei Tovshin Yud and Shabbos Parshas Shmini Tovshin Tez Zayin. Lekut Mesichas Chelik Aleph Parshas Shmini. The second Sikh of Parshas Shmini, beginning with Ois Yud on page two twenty-seven. In this Sikh, the Rebbe is going to point out that. The beginning and the middle of the discussion in this week's parsha speak about very great and lofty uh, matters, and it seems like it speaks about a state of great uh, spiritual enlightenment. And yet, when we come to the end of the parsha, it talks about such simple matters. Uh, which uh, talking about the prohibition against, against eating insects and the like, which even on the person on their own would not come to eating these kind of stuff. A person is repulsive. These stuff are something which he would logically not uh, consume. And Yet, how does this connect with this great levels that we're standing at? And the Rebbe is going to point out that at the end of the parsha we talk about Kabbalah soil, accepting the yoke. And the point here is that just 
if we leave it just to logic alone or to our uh, intellect, then eventually we might deteriorate even to the things that are as illogical as eating insects. It's only if we are base ourselves on our faith, are accepting God's yoke, then we can be protected. So the Torah is sort of bringing this together to tell you, notwithstanding your high level, you might come down to the very slowest level. How to protect yourself is to have the level of Kabbalah soil. Let's look inside in the Sikha. Pasuk in Aisyud. The Seder von Heimtiker Sedre, the order of this week's portion is, is, First he speaks about the eighth day of the training of filling of the hands of the Kohanim as they were trained and educated in the service of the Mishka. After that, about the death of the two sons of Aaron. So these two matters, as the Rebbe will point out, are really uh, high levels. Um, the eighth day of Meluyim is a very great level, and even the death of the sons of Aaron comes because of, as the Rebbe will explain, because of the great level that they were at. But at the end of the portion, it talks about First, it talks about the pure animals that you can eat. Until he deals with the prohibition against eating the insects and the creeping and the crawling things. So, now the Rebbe is going to explain first the greatness and the higher the levels of and the and then in contrast that with the low level of not eating and they are all in the same parsha. The the advantage of the eighth day of the training uh, uh, over the previous day is was by On the eighth day, uh, Rashi brings down uh, he uh, erected the mishkan and he did not take it apart. apart. During the seven days that prior to this eighth day, uh, they were uh, putting together and assembling it and disassembling it every day. So there was no permanence to that mishkan, and it uh, it went up and went down. But on the eighth day, they put it up and it stayed up. So what is the advantage of the eighth day that it made it permanent? Now, the Rebbe is going to go off on a uh, discussion over here um, about this idea that this was permanent as opposed to uh, the seven days that preceded it in which they took it apart it wasn't permanent because it was taken apart uh, the Rebbe is going to explain that the truth is that things that are instructed by Hashem uh, even if they're temporary they're still permanent which means they may be temporary over here in this world, but every act is a permanent act in the level which is beyond time. In time, it comes down in a certain situation. So even the 
fact that the first seven days the the Mishkan was disassembled, it doesn't mean that while it was standing, it was a temporary, because since it was Hashem's instruction, so even though it was disassembled later, that's considered to be permanent, because in its true level, it's permanent. But yet, the Rebbe will bring out that the permanence of the Yom HaShemini Limeluyim, which it actually came down in this physical world permanent, that they didn't disassemble it, has more uh, permanence than because it also comes down in this physical world. So the Rebbe is going to discuss now this point that he's making, that the eighth day brought permanence. So he says, Hagam although every matter that we do based on destruction of Torah, so that's a matter which is eternal. So there is no sort of thing, if we do a mitzvah, we do a command, we do Hashem's instructions, so even though we've done it for a while, and then it takes apart, that is remains eternally. Uh, and the Rebbe brings out uh, that this also would make a difference in halacha. This idea that we're saying that even a temporary, uh, temporary item, if it's by the instruction of the Torah, makes it permanent. Uh, if if uh, the, the Torah tells it, then it becomes permanent, even though it's not. It doesn't last through. And the Rebbe is going to point to the halacha uh, that some people say that the knot of the tefillin has to be tied and untied uh, all the time. And um, something which has to constantly be tied means that when if it's untied, so that even while it's tied, would be not permanent. Yet, the knot of the tefillin is a permanent knot, has to be a permanent knot. So the reason why it is considered permanent, because since at the time that you're knotting it, you're fulfilling the mitzvah of Ukshartam, Hashem is telling you to tie it, so that tie is considered permanent even though it doesn't last. Let's look inside. Therefore, therefore, is chachas kol kesher she'osid lahatiroi, because we're saying that it has permanence, even if it's later on taken away, so even though we say that any knot which is destined to be opened up is not is is not considered a permanent knot. If, as far as for Shabbos, for example, which you're not allowed to make a permanent knot, but if it's something which is destined that to open, you untie it, that's not considered a permanent. But yet, nevertheless, if the knot is made by the instructions of the Torah, which means, as the Torah that the Torah instructed to make that knot, then we need to say, as the Kesher is a Kesher Shukayama, that that knot is a knot which is a lasting knot. As we're going to see, that's why we did film, as we'll see in a minute. Tzivuya had Torah, but what does it mean? It, well, it's not permanent, because Tzivuya had Torah, mach the minyan and inyan nitzchi. The command of the Torah makes that matter, makes it into an eternal matter. Lemata verte nimshech nor in demzman. In below, in this world, it actually extends only in this particular time that it exists. But conceptually, that idea is an Indian Nitzchi. That becomes an, a, a permanent, a permanent matter.
So that is um, that is even if it's a permanent noun. Now the Rebbe is going to say further, more, even more. Nachmer, even more. Even then, when this that he's destined to untie it is that's also by the Torah's instruction. The Torah tells to untie. So that means like this, the Torah told him to tie. So if we're saying that the tying is permanent, so the Torah also told him to untie. So that's a permanent, unpermanent either. So how could we say that it's permanent when the same Torah tells him to untie, so it means that it doesn't want it to be tied? From Desdvegen. But nevertheless, is the Kesher Bishaset is Faran. So what it means is at the time that the knot, when it exists, Aninyan Nitzchah, then it's eternal. But also, notwithstanding that, also the untying in Zainzman, when it's untied, is an Inyanis, that's also eternal. Not Dosh is an Anandesman, but that's in a different time. So, at the time that it's tied, it's a permanent tie. It's a tie, it's untied, it's a permanent untied. In Tanya, similar to what it says in Tanya, that this Yichud, this unity above what takes place from the uh, service of the uh, Yid below through his kafia. So he causes this Yichud above who He causes an internal uh, bond forever. But below it's only on a time, it's a timely thing. Because after that, it, it, as, he, as he speaks to the Tanya, he, he loses the Benini, he doesn't follow through, it goes away, that, that, that level of, of Ave, and the level of love, and the davening that he had, and it doesn't exist through. So, below it's not uh, permanent, but Lamaila becomes permanent. So, so basically what he's saying over here, that the fact that in this world, eventually it gets, it changes, doesn't take away from the permanence that it has at the time that it is in existence. Since it is a mitzvah. So what the Rebbe is explaining over here that we, there's no such a thing if it's a mitzvah, uh, if it's by Hashem's command, even those things that are temporary, like by the uh, Mishkan that it was set up and was taken apart, at the time it was set up, that was a permanent thing. So here we're saying that the Shemini uh, Lemeluyim was the time that it was permanent. And the Rebbe is going to address it in a minute. But the Rebbe is going to explain, this explains... Now that we're saying that a permanent, that even a temporary thing that is lasts for only for some time is also permanent, so the mitzvah zayin for enter this with this we can answer vegendem inyan from kashesh tefillin with regards to the knot of tefillin. Loid di is according to those opinions was halten. They hold as yet and talk darfen oif bindenem kashesh that every day you need to undo the knot. And again, tie it together again. As from Desvegen, haste is a kesher shokayoma. That notwithstanding, it's still considered a, a, a lasting knot, which is a requirement for the knot of the tefillin. That has to be a kesher shokayoma. But how is it a kesher shokayoma? But because he's, he's, he's just undoing it, and, and we know that to qualify for kesher shokayoma, it cannot be. Also destined to untie, but that means since the knot is made because Hashem tells him, so even if it's a a temporary, it's still considered a permanence, even though it's not going to be lasting. 
Mela, so therefore, is the Chayr Dakomos from Shavuot Shivas Yemei Miluim. So also the fact when they stood up the Mishkan during the seven days of the inauguration, the the training, the seven days, and in Yenitzchik, that's also a permanent. So what's so special about the eighth day? From Desvegni is just need Klaich Dakomos Yemashmini. It's still not the same as when they raised it on the eighth day. Was Dan is given a Kimoy, but they parked it before Mamish. Then he raised it, and they actually did not. Uh, take it out, befrat. So that's one thing. That's as far as the mishkan being permanent. Befrat, especially as b'yoyim hashmini is yordo eish min hashemayim. The fire descends from the heaven. But this is a heichet inyan. This is a very high matter. What is in the fridi keteg is was in ganzmit given. In the previous days, there was no fire coming down. The first seven days, uh, no fire came down, and there was no resting of the shechina. There was only on the eighth day. So, number one, so this tells us that the the opening of the parsha, talks about a great level, a level of permanence of the mishkan, and also the level of the fire coming down. Akoponim is shmoyna simayamulu Minimally. All eighth day of the Meluyim are a great matter. Even if you don't like to distinguish the eighth day more than the seventh day, it, altogether the eighth days are in generally a very uh, lofty uh, matter. So that's number one, the Parsha starts. Vaiter is further in the Sedra. It talks about the death of the two sons of Adam. Unzokt, Azazol, and the Torah instructs that you should not come to this to the dying like the Neyarim. So, what is this story? This story is mean when the story is actually represents a very high level that when a person reaches uh, a level that he expires out of his love and his connection to Hashem, that's not proper. But we're talking about people that are standing in a situation that they do uh, recognize Hashem and they do want to expire to Hashem. So that means we're talking about we're talking about high levels. As the Bavust, it is known as the Inyan from Misesh Nebne Aren, the concept of these two sons of Aren dying, is Ratsu and Ashuva. That is, they had a, a Ratsu without a return. They had a, uh, a run forward, a leap forwards without returning. Their Funis Fashtandik which means that they, 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 they expired in their great yearning to Hashem, not, uh, not uh, uh, cautioning themselves to, to return, that to realize that it's not the connection to Hashem, which is the ultimate goal, but rather to reshuv, to return to this world. So the Funish Vashtandiks, but that also tells us, as in Zaynagishtarandamot, that the Jews were standing at that time in Zeyra Eichon Matzev on a very high level. That they needed to caution them so that they don't expire in, in actuality. So it shouldn't expire. So again, that means that the level of the Yitten was pretty high. They were, um, uh, means that they were expiring for the Gedusha. For that fact, nevertheless, is not them in their Zalber Sedra. Later on, in the same Sedra, Zokteron, he instructs about eating or the not eating of the insects and the creepy crawly things, which a person's a soul 
by himself is repulses them. But so he also also not with the destruction of the Torah. Both are based on the human uh, intellect. Is This is something which is disgusting. So here we're talking about people on a very high level, and now we're telling you don't do things which we don't even do logically. In Plug, we pass this. How does it fit? This should stand so close to such very high matters. So the Rebbe answers that uh, no matter how you stand, if you don't have the Kabbalah soil, you can deteriorate to that very low level. We can say, Although he's speaking about very lofty, high levels from Desveg, nevertheless, he instructs at the end, and the end of the passage talks about accepting the yoke, specifically accepting the yoke. He says, I am Hashem who brought you up, etc. Basically, you owe it to me whether you agree or you don't agree. You must accept my yoke because I took you out of Mitzrayim. On the condition that you accept my mitzvahs. And why do we need the Kabbalah soil? Because you also have the body. And the body drags the person down. And over the Tzvetah's light, the Malyusin, on the other hand, to the advantage of the body, the Guf The body comes from a spot which is beyond intellect, it means very high. Hasogavi is burning understanding and meditation. So it's beyond that. So therefore, in essence, he has a connection to things that are not logical. In the root, not logical in advantage, meaning not logical beyond logic, higher than logic. But it can also express itself in things that are lower than logic. So, because of that situation, we have the body to deal with. That's why we need to uh, have the couple of soil. We cannot just base it on the logic. The is the is the From this is what comes out of it. As menmoz in that for all matters we need to come on to kabbalah soil to accepting the yoke. Even when you stand in a high level. On Kanbolas oil, if you don't have accepting the yoke, Kenman Midsaitarofal, you can with time, within time, you can fall. Uh you can deteriorate these Achilashkotsim to the eating insects, Khulu Khazushon, God forbid. This is Misikha Sabas Parshishmini, Tovshin Yud. Lakute Sikhas Khalik Aleph we're doing in Parsha Shmini, the third Sikha in Parsha Shmini, on Ois, beginning with Ois Yud Aleph, on page 228. In this Sikha, the Rebbe learns a lesson from the Haftarah, in which it recounts the great joy of David HaMelech in bringing the Ark of Hashem 
to the city of David, and the Rebbe points out from the uh, different verses that there was a difference in the level of joy that uh, encompassed David during the time before he got to the city of David and the joy that took place once he reached the city of David. The the joy that was beforehand was a limited level of joy. That joy expressed in being very excited, very happy, in the level of mefazes, that is, in the city of David, it says both Mephazes Umecharker, which at the time that he was uh, outside, not yet in the David, it just says that he was Mecharker. The idea of Mephazes means the actually physically dancing. Uh, Mecharker is an expression of joy, but it doesn't bring out in dancing. Mephazes means to dance. The Rebbe points that the when the joy is not based on intellect, but it's based on accepting Hashem's yoke, then the joy is so great that it expresses itself that in actually the person going to dance. And the Rebbe brings this as a lesson for our time, in which we are getting ready for the imminent coming of Mashiach, that it's not sufficient just to uh, sing and uh, rejoice, but the actual dancing and clapping of one's hands and making the joy so much greater, that's a limitless joy which is beyond the limit of seichel uh, of one's intellect. We'll see inside. In the Haftarah von Heintiker Sedra, in the Haftorah that we read in this week's portion, that's from uh, Shemini, uh, the Tzeltzich, it is, relates David HaMelech had Gefirt, as how David HaMelech led them Orin HaElikim, the Ark of Hashem, from base Oived Edom HaGiti, from the house of Oived Edom the Giti, to Yir David to Yir David. It was staying in Oived Edom HaGiti's house, Temporarily, and then David Amelech was leading the order and bringing it to the city of David. While they were on their road, it is related as David Mecharkir Bechol Oiz Lifnei Hashem. The meaning of Mecharkir is that he was offering praise to Hashem Bechol Oiz with all of his strength, Lifnei Hashem before Hashem. The Pasuk also says, David David was girded with an aphid, with an apron made out of linen. So over there we see two things. A, it just says the word mecharker, that he was uh, praising, and it's a joyful kind of praising. And two, he was dressed with the aphid bud. But then when the Torah, when the, the scribes in the Navi, when he came to the city of David, over there the language says, 
it adds to the words of Mechalker, of the praising also the idea of dancing and rejoicing, clapping and dancing, Lifnei Hashem before Hashem. And over here there is no mention of the wearing of the Eifit bot. So we need to understand the Mremes, what is hinted in the Shinuyim B'Lashayin HaKosov, in the changes in the verse's language. In between, between the fact when he was outside of the city and he was inside of the city. And what are the changes that we find in the verse? Aleph, number one. Freyer Verdermont Vidovid Chogur Eifoid Bod. Previously, it's mentioned that David was girded with the linen uh, apron. Uninir David vertos Nidermont, but it's not mentioned in the city of David. And base and number two, Freyer state nor mecharker. Previously, while before Ir David, it says he was praising Hashem. That was a joyful praising. But uninir David, it says mefazes mecharker that he was. Uh, dancing and clapping and praising Hashem. And as the Rebbe will explain that the level of Eifoid Bod represents logic or represents a high level and the uh, joy in that level is only in the level of Mecharker. But in and that was before he came to the city of David. But in the Ir David, he actually this joy wasn't hinged on the Eifoid bud, and therefore the wasn't just mechalker; it was mechalker umefazes, as we will see in the zikha further on. We also need to understand was as Werder zählt weiter. It is related later on as bishas michal bas show. At the time that that's David Hamelech's wife, Michal, she was the daughter of Shaul. She saw that the king David is dancing and praising. from him, so she made fun of him. David David answered her. She was saying that to David that he was behaving like a fool. That he's making degrading himself, making himself cheap, like dancing, behaving like that. So David Amalek said to her, Lifnei Hashem, I'm dancing before Hashem, who has chosen me instead of your father, because first, of course, Shaul was the king, and she was the daughter of Shaul. So she says to her, Hashem has chosen me instead of your father. And he says that this would be uh, cheap for me, and he would even cheapen himself more. David Amalek is saying to his wife. So the question is here: To Livos Hotter Magdim Given, why did he introduce Asher Bocher Bimeavicha, who's chosen me over your father? He could have just said to, to her that this is before Hashem. I would even cheap myself even more. Why was it important for her, as we say today, give her a dig? That Hashem has chosen me over your father. He just had to explain to her the reason for his joy. But as the Rebbe will explain, that that is precisely the difference between David and Shaul, where Shaul went according to logic, 
and what David was selling to her, Hashem has chosen me over your father, and that's why, because I don't follow logic, and I accept the yoke, and that brings to this great joy of Mephazes and Mecharker, that it should be a limitless, and this Nekaloisi, this cheapening of myself, is a result because of Bachar Bimi Avicha, because you, Hashem chose me, because of my level of Kabbalah's oil, which was lacking by Avicha, by Shol, as we will learn later on in the Sikha. So basically, the Rebbe asks here, uh, the differences, points to the differences in the verse, the way it's written before David came to the city of, da- of, 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 of David, where he was just mecharkeir, no mefazes, and it says that he was chagreifid bod, and as opposed to uh, when he came to David. And also the fact that he had responded to Michal with the introduction that Hashem has chosen me over your father. So now we'll see, in this side, the Rebbe will explain that Eifoid Bod, we find the Eifoid that was worn by the Koyen Godel. That was one of the eight garments. But the Eifoid by the Koyen Godel, the Rebbe will bring from the Rambam, is not really the aphid that David was wearing because that aphid wasn't made out of linen, rather it had the various different other strands made that the Pasuk describes that it was made from the Tcheles Vargomon and it had bud mixed in it, but it wasn't just bud. Aphid bud means that it's another aphid. And we're going to see that the aphid bud represents a level in which people reach a high spiritual level, intellectual level then they get to wear this Eifoid bud. Uh, and as the Rebbe will explain, that Eifoid bud can only bring to a Mechalker, to a limited level of joy, as opposed to, that's why it's mentioned in the first Pasek. We'll learn inside. Yud Eifoid bud, Zogda Rambam, with regards to this apron of linen, the Rambam said, says, as er is nit von the big dekona. This is not of the eight garments of the coin. Because the apron from the garments of the kuhuna is given nit nor from bad, that wasn't just linen, pishton, nor eichfunt cheles vargomen goimer, that was also from uh, blue wool and purple wool. The Rambam brings a proof from Shmuel Hanovi that we find the aphoid not only with regards to the coin godel, but and is given a levi. Uh, he was a uh, a levi. So why would Shmuel Hanavi be wearing an ephod? From nar It says a youngster who was girded with a linen apron. So we see that there is a reference to an apron, not even to a, a koyin. Actually, Shmuel was a levi. And on the Rambam firt ois, and the Rambam concludes. As that aphid bought flagon trogon that this uh, linen uh, apron was worn by Bnei Hanevim, those are the sons of the prophets. When there was and those that were fit that the Holy Spirit should rest on them, that the Divine Spirit, Hashem, Ruach HaKodesh, should be on them. So they would wear that aphid bod. If Suvaisen, this would. Uh, sort of point as that is that he has reached the Milus Koyin Godel. 
that he has the advantage of Kayin Gadol. The Kayin Gadol was wearing actually an Eifid, one of the Shemayin of Gadol. When somebody wants to show that he is at that level of a Kayin Gadol, so the Koyin Gadol would speak based on the apron and the Choshen with the Ruch HaKodesh so he had the Urim Vetumim inside the Choshen and he would respond so therefore um, this points uh, to the uh, level of greatness of the Bnei Anivim of people who have great stature who have reached that level Thus haste. this means since prophecy is a very high level the divine does not rest but on somebody who is wise, strong, wealthy and tall which all represent uh, great levels and the rest of the greatness that are enumerated for one who uh, has prophecy um, so, and also then it's important negated even the levushim it's important the the garments what kind of garments you have uh, in that level in the where you are you have to know what kind of garments bizaz zokt to the extent that we say by yifshet as begodov when arin the Kohen Gadol, when it came time to to dress up El Ozer, so Vayishet Moshe's Barviyav. I think this is the passage that I was referring to in my midbar that he removed his garments and he put them onto Eliezer. So the garments of the Kohen Gadol are important. I'm not so sure exactly what the Rebbe's proof over here, what he's trying to uh, say over here. But in any event. Uh, uh, so, so we see that the begodim are very important. So, therefore, how does one know that a person is at that level? At that level. In other words, what I'm, I guess, of course, the, the Kayan Godel wears the Eifoid. That makes him the Kayan Godel. So we know that the reason, the Rambam says, that the reason why everybody would wear uh, an Eifoid is because of the similarity to the Kayan Godel, to show that he's almost like the Kayan Godel. The language over here, when Oich Damult is negated in Fidlavushim. Also then, meaning even at that high level, it's important garments, but... Yeah, of course, that is what we try. That's why the uh, the Kohen Gadol wore those garments. And why do we need a raya from Bizas Mazok Vayifshit as Begodov? Okay, Un Alsa Simen Azman is great, and as a sign that one is ready, Un Roy and his fitch a tishol of Ruach Hakodesh, that the Ruach Hakodesh is uh, fit to rest upon him. Like Zayich Agiras Eifet Bad, there used to be the girding of this linen apron. Now, so what does this all represent? This all represents that the Eifet Bad represents a high spiritual level, like the Bnei Anivim, that one who's reached a high level. And the Rebbe is going to bring that the actual source for the Rambam is actually in the Yerushalmi. That inyan was the Rambam zokt hot amokir in Yerushalmi. This uh, Rambam's statement 
that it was the uh, the Eifid bud was the banana vim that reached the high level has a source in the Yerushalmi Talmud in the Gemara Yerushalmi in Noiv Ira Koinim Zanigiven it also stated in the Noiv Ira Koinim the word eighty five Kahanim they were uh, eighty five Kahanim from Gitrog Eifid bud they were this linen apron. The Rambam said the linen apron is not that apron. It's not the apron the Kohen God, the Rambam says. Because that wasn't just the linen. Oh. I guess one can argue maybe it's called Eifid Bad. Maybe it had because of the linen it had in this. But the Yishalmi asks, the Yishalmi, so the Yishalmi asks, A Kohen Godl is There's only one Kohen Godl. Why would there be 85? That means that something is, how would they all be wearing the Eifid? Answered that, so the Shami answers, Shekulam Hoyeruim Lukonagodaila. They were all fit for Konagodaila. So, which means they weren't Konagodaila, they were fit for Konagodaila. This is what the Rambam says. So, it means that the Rambam says that when somebody reaches a level that it could be a Koyangodl, they would put the aphid bud, but not necessarily uh, was it the same aphid. Um, just a, uh, I don't know, without looking into the source, I mean, just we need to look it further, but it almost seems in the Yerushalmi that the aphid may have been uh, made uh, of the same material as the aphid, as the Kohen Gadol, because otherwise uh, the Yerushalmi should have said that it's not that same aphid. He says, it almost seems like well, uh, they could have dressed um, uh, the real aphid, but you know, not not as a service, but uh, they were worthy of it. But maybe the, the shaman doesn't have to say this because this is obvious that they would not wear the regular. It's just saying that this aphid was only worn by them because they were fit to connect And in any event, the uh, the point here is that aphoid represents the idea of a great level. Now this great level that one reaches to become uh, from the Bnei Anivim to become a Roy to the Kuna this high level, the Rebbe is going to point out that takes place outside of the city in where people can seclude themselves and reach great levels. So outside of the city basically is where the people are dealing with the aphoid bud, and that's why the level of mecharkir that is brought down was outside of the city before they came to the ir david over there. There was this level, this great level of aphoid bud, and that brought out that joy. And then eventually, but they come to the city of David, which is the place where you get the level of bittel, and I'm in a higher level. Still, look inside. You'd give up. One of the preparation to prophecy is seclusion, being uh, contemplation in seclusion. Usually that takes place outside of the city. At the time that David was on his route outside of the city, Dort is that Iker Ord was Erasich making even to Nevoa. There was the main spot where he prepared for Nevoa. was outside of the city. The far is Dor Dermon. That's why we, then we mentioned that he was wearing the aphid bud. We make a note of that. 
because that's where he attained the highest level of nevuah. And that's why he was also praising with all of his strength before Hashem and rejoicing because in order to get the divine to rest, to reach the level of nevuah, there needs to be joy, as the Gemara says in Shabbos Lamadomad Beis. Oich is mecharker der taich mishabeach. Also, mecharker means he would praise. Kizok shinim v'sishbachis to them Eberstein. He said song and praises to Hashem. Bichdei arayz to rufan them gila nevu in order to bring out the revelation to draw down the level of prophecy. Barum tishbachis v'ilulim rufan the charayz koyches and alam because the uh, praising and song of uh, uh, they bring out the hidden uh, powers Vibavu says it's known so therefore to bring out the hidden powers the prophecy needed to do the praise and the uh, song before Hashem by the Simcha from the David but when it comes to the joy in the city of David there are over there it also mentions Mephazis. That Abavaiz of Ribu Harikut. Mephazis shows on an intense dancing, an intense uh, involvement in the, uh, in the joy. So he says, Outside of the city it wasn't such. Others is given. Either there was no dancing at all. Um, or it was limited. It wasn't such it wasn't such an intense dancing. So Macharkir doesn't mean dancing that much. But definitely it wasn't like the Mafazir in this great Mafazis dancing around in such an intense dance. So Rikud Hasidis, the dancing explain is explained in Hasidis. That comes when does a person dance from the from this that the joy penetrates him, it absorbs him fully, takes him through through and through, through and through. until it reaches also the legs. When the joy is absorbed and penetrates and it is spread out in the entire body, it reaches also the legs. That's when you start to dance. So the far, and that's the reason that the word mefazes, the uh, word of this mefazes, this intense dancing, the mountain sveitim posidavke. It's only mentioned in the second verse. The same the joy outside of the city is given mitamevukish. It had a request. It had a uh, desire for something. They wanted the prophecy. They wanted the shechina to rest. That's why there was a. Uh, it was a limited, it had a goal, it had a purpose, it had a, uh, a desire. And therefore, because it had a, a, a desire, a specific intent, it was limited. As it needed in Gansim Durch and Durch, it didn't go through and through. The same David Davke, but the rejoicing of the city of David specifically, that was a joy without seeking any. Any warning, anything. And therefore it was limitless. Dorton is Oich Mephazes. There is also this dancing, the intense dancing. So the uh, on 
uh, a joy without uh, the goal, without the limit of wanting something. Uh, it was without something specific, so it had no limits. And therefore it brought also the Mufasas. So the Rebbe brings out over here that the difference between uh, going till the city of David, in which they wanted to bring down the level of Nevuah, the Eifit Bod, the higher level, and therefore that dancing was with a limit. But later on, once they come to the city of David, which there is no desire, request of anything specific, there can be a limited, an unlimited type of joy. And now that I will explain, that's why... Uh, uh, Michal Basol, being the daughter of Shol, did not understand that unlimited, that limitless type of intense dancing, and she degraded uh, David for behaving like that. But David responds to her that this is the difference between me and your father, and Hashem wants this type of conduct, and that's why he chose him instead of Shol, because Shol was based on intellect, and it was a limited. Uh, devotion and joy to Hashem, whereas he has the limitless de- the devotion. With this, we can also understand was by Michal Bashol by Michal, the daughter of Shaul. It did not make sense. Thus was David. The fact that David is mefazes mecharker was uh, was dancing and praising before Hashem, the Hashem, in the David, in the city of David. If the joy is a calculated joy, is a gam So even if it's a situation in the reign of Samelech, there are certain laws a king cannot be seen in certain uh, situations which would bring the lack of respect for him. When Eri is Yonim, when he is in such matters, was Machanachalicious, which would weaken the in principle in them same Tosim, The verse says you have to place a king upon you so that his fear will be on you. So uh, usually uh, one should not see the king in compromising situations because that would take away from the respect and the fear that one has to have for the king. But uh, for a limited type of joy, there is still not objectionable from Desvegn, because since it comes with a seeking something particularly, hot as an art, it has a space, it makes sense in Tamvadas, in one's reason and one's intellect. It's logical. But to be Intensely dancing, and this is where in the city of David, meaning not for the level of meditation, because that they reached before coming to the city of David. In here, which now, this is beyond limitation, was beyond the reason and rationale. Like the that doesn't make any sense. So that's why Michal Basshol is challenging David, not in his behavior up to the year David, because that she accepted because it was a rational uh, level of joy. And notwithstanding the fact that a king should never compromise himself, but that she understood. But when it came to this intense type of dancing in the city of David, that didn't make sense to her. And this is what he explained to her, that this is actually what Hashem wants. 
this will also give us an understanding. Was David David responded to her, that he chose me of your father. he showed her, he pointed to her, the mechili can say that the difference in the order of service. Shows is given service was based on the reason and logic was the farot shol nitkivolt machrim zayin amalekun and ganzen. That's the reason that shol did not wish to destroy amalek totally. We know that shol lost his uh, kingdom because of the reason that when God sent him to go and destroy the amalekim, he felt bad for the sheep and the cattle to bring them as an offering. He wanted. He said it was a waste just to kill them when you can. Uh, bring them as an offering to Hashem. So he didn't listen, but he used his logic. That's why he didn't want to destroy them. Because based on his logic, it uh, came out, he concluded, as that we need the best of the sheep and the cattle, so that we can offer it to God your God. As he said to Shmuel, he didn't understand why Shmuel was complaining. He says, I did what Hashem told me, because this was for the benefit. So he conducted his life according to logic. That's what David was telling his wife Michal, that is chosen by your father. Shaul was holach acharayatam. Shaul who followed reasoning, rational, hadnafon im tsuginum and dimalucha. They took away the kingdom from him. Un ob gigabun im, and that was given to him, to David, litzabis oisi nogid, to make me the leader. David ndafke, David, specifically David. Zain avoida is kabalosoil. David's service represents accepting Hashem's yoke. We see this particularly by David, as Avia stated, with David Abdi. David is my servant, my slave. David's accepted Hashem as a servant accepts his master. Is Oib Manvil as If you want the kingdom to continue to exist, Darf Zain Kabolas Oil. There must be accepting the yoke. And I will be Vaisi Shafal mean I will degrade and I will humble Goimer as David Amelech says to his wife on Hagbola without the limitation of logic. So basically that's why he had to answer her such because he, this explained why he behaves in this irrational way because this is precisely what Hashem wants that we should uh, be devoted to him not just with our rationale and that didn't work for Shaul and he lost the uh, if you want the Malucha to continue we have to behave in a way of accepting Hashem Yoke and being devoted beyond the reason and rationale and this the Rebbe will also learn is important to us as we are getting close to the time of Mashiach that our activity uh, should be in a way that it should totally penetrate us in a way of Kabbalah's oil that our rejoicing and our dancing and our simcha should be such that we should clap and we should dance even though halachically we need to explain this as the Minchas Elozer explains the allowance for Shabbos and Yontav to 
to clap and other things which according to the Mishnah would seem a little bit problematic and it needs to be explained that it is definitely okay halachically but yet we make sure to do that in such a way because as long as it's halachically permissible but uh, we do that because uh, this is important to express our total acceptance of the yoke of Hashem this is also as support to the conduct as its conduct by Hasidim and this is also as we have observed by our Rebbes as Shabbos V'yomtev that during Shabbos V'yomtev tanced men, you dance men patched with the hand and you clap with your hands etc. Chotch, although as Loider Mishnah based on the Mishnah for Langdos Abir that would require our explanation according to the revealed part of Torah how you can do this Nevertheless, we do do it simply. So therefore, we need to say the inner reason as mentioned above. Uh, why is it that we're doing it? What is the inner, besides the explanation of Benigla? What is the inner reason? Since it is coming closer to the times of Mashiach. The truth is that immediately, right after the destruction, the uh, movement to go to greet Mashiach has already begun. With the Medrash that sailed, as the Medrash relates, as Merega Achurban, that from the instant of the destruction, had genumen nor kigiyah shel pora. It all what it took is the uh, noise that the pora makes, the uh, sound of the pora. The noivel mashir Yisrael and the Jewish Savior has been lived, uh, has been born. The, as the Medrash that relates over there, so that the noivel mashir shel Yisrael. So it means that it started immediately the redemption. From instant to instant we become closer. To the Zman, to the time, was David My servant David will be king over them. So we're getting ready for Mashiach, who is a descendant of David, who's my David is called Avdi, he will be their king. I'll call Yisrael. He'll be over all Jews. Not divided between the different Aseris Ashvat as it was in the time of David Melech. And his leadership will be for them eternally. So since we are right now, after the beginning, but we right now we're actually standing right before that time. That's why we conduct ourselves. As the Rambam rules, in the end of Hilchus Lulav, the Rambam writes that when a person rejoices in doing a mitzvah, this is from the order 35, in love of Hashem, he does it like Mephazim Mecharka, so the Rambam rules in the Mseider from the David Avdi, that we have to do it as David, my servant, has done it, which is Mephaziz, or Mecharka Lifnei Hashem, that he has to rejoice, an unlimited type of joy before Hashem. And that is why, that's the inner reason why by Chassidim we dance and we sing because this is the preparation, the Kabbalah's oil, the rejoicing to receiving the time when Mashiach will be for us, the King David Avdi, forever. This is Mesichas Shabbos Parshish Shmini in the year Tovshin Tezvov.